You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. Hey everybody, this is Something Rather Than Nothing podcast with Ken Vellante, and I am very excited to have Catherine Yeski-Taylor on the show. Welcome to the podcast, and we're going to talk about rock and roll. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's totally my pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So, um... Uh, you have a penchant for trying to identify badass women in rock. <laughs> I've noticed, maybe from maybe from a young age. Let's start there, early on. Like, how'd you how'd you get going? I read the little story about you doing um, your 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 rock interviews all the way back in high school. How did this yeah whole, yeah? How did this whole thing start for you? Um, I was always obsessed with music, just growing up. Um, just always obsessed with it, and, but I, I didn't have the talent to actually play it myself at the level you need to do it professionally. You know, I love to sing, I love to play guitar, but I was at some point I realized I was never going to be more than mediocre, no matter how much I rehearsed. And, um, but I was a good writer. You know, my English teachers always kind of singled me out and said, "You have a real talent for this. You should do something with this." And so by the time I was 14, 15 years old, it, it occurred to me that I should be a, a music journalist because then I can combine my two passions. And so that's when I started doing what I wrote about in my uh, introduction to my forthcoming book where I talk about writing for my high school newspaper, interviewing musicians in Atlanta. Um, they had wanted me to do really boring things like student government meetings. And I said, no way. <laughs> The, wanna, kids, wanna... the kids don't even want to read about <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> so I had to kind of swallow my fear and call up management companies and beg them to let me interview their clients. And uh, a lot of people laughed. They thought it was really funny. But quite often they would say yes, because they just thought it was funny that some high school kid wanted to do this for their paper. And so when I graduated from high school, it was really obvious I should just continue on to journalism school at the University of Georgia because it's a good journalism school. And also Athens, Georgia, where it's located, is one of the big music scenes in the, at that time, it was one of the biggest music scenes in the world. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And it remains important. So it just seemed like um, it was just serendipitous that what I wanted to do and where I happened to be um, it was just a really good place for me to do what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's that's really exciting to 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 see to see that. Um, I had uh, uh, I, I had noticed um, your Instagram page in in the book uh, a few months ago. It was like really super exciting. Um, I don't know, like on my podcast, I've been it's up to two hundred forty one episodes, and um, for me, like. I just love badass women in, 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 in rock, like really influenced by uh, Joan Jett and Polly Jean Harvey. And I kind of came up like in 90s grunge and thinking about L7, uh, which, you know, which you cover. On the show, I've had Bonnie Bloomgarden of uh, Death mm-hmm. Valley Girls, who's like one of the funnest live acts um, mm-hmm. you've ever seen. She's and, amazing, yeah. Right? And... <clears throat> um 
uh, Amanda Palmer, where there's so mm-hmm. much going on there about uh, crowdsource and, and, and generation of, of, of music. And this is this is this is all this is all uh, women, uh, non-male genders and, and, and their go uh, through the in- industry and uh, placing uh, f- feminism and, 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 and women in rock and them tangling with that question, you know, are you feminist is what you do feminist. What was, what was, what was that like interacting with uh, women, you know, in rock, you know, tackling that question about what the hell they're doing. Cause I felt a little bit of attitude being like, I'm just doing my thing. I don't give a shit about all the words and others are being like, yeah, being a woman going through the industry, being up on stage, you've done a lot of shit to even get there. So mm-hmm. what was that like interacting with that question with uh, your interviewees? Well, it was interesting because um, when I got the book deal uh, and I started going out and asking women to be in these chapters, you know, there's 20 chapters. Each chapter focuses on a specific woman. Um, So I needed 20 different people to do this. And I was a little worried when I started that it would all kind of sound the same, you know, it would get monotonous. Like one chapter would sound like the one before, would sound like the one before, so I was really gratified when I started really getting into these interviews and discovered just how diverse people's opinions were about feminism and being called a feminist. I mean, I guess I thought if women agreed to do a book called, you know, She's a Badass Woman in Rock Shaping Feminism, that they would all identify as feminists. And I yeah. found out pretty quickly that that was not the case. Uh, there were uh, yeah, a significant number of women in this book who do not want that label to apply, you know, they don't want it applied to them. And uh, it doesn't mean that they don't want to be advocating for equality for people who are female. They just have a real problem with the way that certain feminist movements have progressed or what feminists, that label, um, the connotation of it now. Some of them didn't like what it's come to mean. So I thought it was really great that it ended up being much more diverse uh, than I originally had planned. And I um, went back to the publisher and told them, you know, we thought the book was going to be this way, but now (laughs) it's really shaping up to be this other way. And I was a little worried, you know, because they could have come back and said, well, that's not what we hired you to do. That's not what we bought this book for. But they were willing to roll with it with me and and kind of follow where the discussions led, which is great. I mean, as a journalist, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to let things unfold and report on those things instead of trying to shape it. So I was really glad that we were able to uh, let the woman determine what this book was going to encompass and that it ended up being so broad. Yeah, yeah, I... I, I... I thought that was such a nice piece of it and not necessarily surprising, but I could see you as the author being like, it's, it, this is the thing that I'm doing, you know, is like to kind of, to, to pull yeah. folks in and uh, wait a second, we get to lay out the whole book title like you had done already. Mm-hmm. She's a badass women in rock shaping feminism. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and uh, I fought for that title too. I will say, good on you. Good on you. Because there, there were different publishers who, you know, seemed interested when my literary agent shopped this idea around, and um, so I took meetings with a couple different publishers besides the one I ended up going with, and you know, they wanted me to 
change certain things. I already knew I uh, wanted that title. Like that was one of the first things um, that I thought of for this project. And so one of the publishers wanted me to change it because they said, well, that might offend some people. Um, But I thought if they're offended by that title, they're definitely not going to like the kind of stories I know I'm going to get for this book. It's not your demic. I don't think this is a good fit. So I didn't go with them. And I ended up going with Backbeat because they loved the title. You know, they loved the vision that I had for the book. And, you know, like I said, I was lucky enough that they they stuck by me when the vision kind of started evolving. So um, it definitely turned out to be the right choice going with Backbeat. It's really good to hear that. Um, that can always be really difficult in your role and trying to pull this together and having that support. It's super exciting to hear. So um, we'll bop to some of the bigger conceptual uh, questions. But what, when when's the, when's the book out and like where might you be like uh, showing up? Things like that. Um, the book is out on January 16th. It's available for pre-order now. Basically everywhere you'd buy books normally, you know, Um your local independent bookstore can pre-order it for you. Um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, all the usual places. All and, right. Um, yeah. Pre-order oh, and, too. And, pre-order. Yeah, pre-order. Too. Pre-order is good. And, uh, oh, and internationally it will be released in February sometime. Oh, that's so that's uh, all right. So so there we are with the there we are with the book and we'll be talking some more about it. I, uh, you know, as is part of the sh- part of the show and uh, thinking about um, art and philosophy, uh, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, about like about yourself and, and viewing yourself as as a creator. And we talked a little bit about y- your, you know, your inclination to be like, I want to talk to the star, you know, like, and I, I, I have this piece as part of this podcast, you know, I was like, I was thinking about the story of like you in high school, but even for me, like when I started the show in my forties, I'm like, all right, so there's some dude in Oregon who's like really excited about all this stuff. <laughs> like, I feel kind of the same way being like, Hey, you know, and, um, you know, just about, uh, you know, talking, talking about art, but I want, I wanted to hear from you, um, as far as, uh, when you saw your, 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 yourself as, as an artist and creator is like within your identity and that's what you wanted to do? Um, well, sometimes I wonder if I am, you know, I mean, a journalist, it's not really, I'm more of a conduit than an artist, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm the one who channels the message from the artist, I think, most of the time with articles, the book was different because I had more creative control over it than I do with article in a way, you know, I could determine how I wanted this project to go overall. You know, an article is just so short and you're basically usually talking about, Oh, this person put out this new album and it's pretty straightforward. You don't have much room for creativity in a way. So Um, I actually was really gratified to do this book because it really did feel more like an artistic endeavor of my own instead of me presenting someone else's. So like I said, you know, when I was younger, I I thought at first that maybe I could be a musician of some kind before realizing I just didn't have that kind of talent. And so sometimes over the years, it's been a little bit of a struggle because I wish I could be more creative. Uh, 
and sometimes it can be frustrating to talk about what everyone else is doing and think to yourself, well, what, wait, what am I doing? You know, is what I'm doing considered art or not? So it's an interesting question. Yeah. I, uh, I enjoyed, um, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, looking, looking, uh, reading, uh, parts of the book with, um, you know, a kind of connection. There's like history and, uh, riot girls um you know up in washington and seattle and i found like even my own inquiry about like writers and stuff i'm a big kathy acker fan uh writer kathy acker and um just you know finding books and and reading about like you know it's music but it's also a political scene it's also shock art it's also queer art and like all this stuff uh going on so like one of the pieces i like um, you know, when you see within music or your presentation of it, it's like popping into a scene like that there's a cultural capture of like what's going on and what somebody's doing. And sometimes when I interview like so, uh, folks are, like are immersed in the scene, like you had mentioned Athens, Georgia, and you think R.E.M. And, and B-52s and you think all that type of stuff, like capturing that type of vibe. And that's what I love, like as part of like. Uh, what you do in that there is like, what is going on here? Like literary, like what are people painting? Like, uh, like what are women doing in this town to say like, fuck you to like this horseshit, like this community, like this kind of non, you know, this kind of exclusivity, all that, all that type of thing. So I love that. Um, I love that atmosphere that comes for you from uh, your writing. And that's like, with journalism, it must be tough and like saying like, well, I'm conveying this and you're not supposed to be so creative, but there's so much creativity in there and uh, displaying it. Uh, I talked a little bit there. I want to ask you one of the big questions. <laughs> I want to ask you one of the big questions. Maybe you can bop into it. Um, what is art? Uh, what to me, art is what separates human beings from everything else in this world. Uh, you know, animals, plants, other living beings don't use art in the way that we do. You know, they're all about survival. We are the only beings that um, create something that objectively doesn't really have uh, any role in survival, right? Um, I mean, you can argue that art is necessary for our survival, but I'm saying every other living creature or you know entity on this planet is actively involved with just trying to survive and we have the luxury of using art to explore the good and the bad about humanity you know all celebrate the best things and shine a light on the bad things that need to be changed yeah and no no other entity does that so in my opinion i think it's the very definition of what makes us uniquely human yeah yeah i uh i really appreciate that tell me about t tell me about uh obviously um you know i express for myself uh you know badass uh female musicians and and the energy and tell tell me about yourself like you know because there's got to be fan stuff in here I and mean, being like tapping into that energy like w w within this book where we're like surprised and be like holy shit i didn't realize the scope of what somebody was doing or like where were you just like kind of surprised about what you heard about um your subject 
Well, I mean, as a journalist, I try not to be surprised very often. <laughs> going, know, into I, rock, going into a rock interview as well. I mean, I, I try to be so meticulous with my research that I won't be surprised. That's the goal. Um, it's kind of like when you hear a trial attorney say you should never ask questions you yeah. know the answer to. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Or, yeah. Um, I try to ask questions where much of the time I feel like I know what they're going to say. I don't know what, you know, I don't know how they're going to say it, but I have read up enough about somebody that I have some idea of what, you know, where they're coming from. So there weren't really too many surprises in this book in that way because I had researched people's careers. But what did surprise me was there are a couple of women who, said, you know, I've never talked about this publicly before. Yeah. There were a couple of times where they said, and I tried to note that in the book when they did that. We had, I I took it as a compliment that they felt comfortable enough with me as an interviewer for them to say, like, I'm going to tell you about this really difficult, and in one case, pretty horrific thing that happened uh, that they've never let the world in on before. So um, that did surprise me when they kind of had those revelations and there's no way I could have known that was coming. Um, And I guess I was a little bit surprised at just how diverse the opinions were about feminism and being called a feminist. Um, There really are some polar opposite opinions in there and it's kind of amusing to me to see that some people say, Oh, well I think this way and I can't imagine anyone thinking any other way. And then, the very next interview I do, someone would say the opposite thing and say, well, I can't imagine anyone thinking differently than this. And so I'm a little curious to hear from all these women after they finally get to read this book, <laughs> what they think when they read each other's chapters, because I didn't let anybody see each other's chapters. Some people asked me and I said no, because I didn't want people influencing each other's uh, input on this. Yeah, which makes you excited for the release because it's a dis, you know it's a distinct thing that you created. And I, yeah, I, I just that that's that's so cool. Um, and another thing that really yeah. I will say that's kind of similar to that is that a lot of women uh, you might have noticed, well, not a lot, but there's several instances where one woman in the book will cite another woman in the book as an influence, and they don't know that that other woman's going to be in this book yet, you know, yeah, or, or yeah. they don't know the, the woman that's being talked about doesn't know that someone said that. So um, I think it might be uh, really cool to have people realize that, you know, someone they cited as a hero is in the book and someone who's been given that compliment to see that people are saying that about them. So it's, I think that's exciting. really cool. It makes for an exciting twenty twenty four, and I love talking about <laughs> I love talking about um, uh, up up upcoming books. Yeah, I um uh, I think I might have mentioned to you um, with uh, Amanda Palmer, and I uh, related to the podcast. I had read the her, her book, um, The Art of Asking, mm-hmm. and you know I'm a philosopher by training, you know, um, and, uh, extremely curious and, and love to find out like, and ask questions kind of unabashedly. And I think reading that book, um, was like so important to me just as far as like, it made such an impression on me, like where she would, 
you know, be that kind of standing statue in like Boston, like square and just stand there as performance art. And it's like when somebody's doing, when you see artists doing something that's so like, how the hell do you do that? How do you like stay there? How do you take insults as a, you know, as a woman, how to like, you deal with that shit and she just does it like straight up like that. It's like, yeah, she's fearless, (laughs) like earning your chops. Right. And then the art of asking was that like where she would ask for help. She would ask for people to come onto a track. She would ask for support from her fans. She would ask other artists to do things. And I was like, you know, uh, that, that's the vibe. Like that's the vibe because so many of us, I think on the question and for you, you must see this all the time where, you're around people who are curious, but they don't like go up and say, you know, not try to be rude and ask, you know, those type of questions. But like, if you're curious, ask. Sometimes mm-hmm. people are like, yeah, like I've never been asked that. And then you're like, yeah. really? I've been thinking about your answer to that for. And um, that's one of the best things about being a journalist is I have kind of free reign to ask almost anything. I mean, you know, I try to be respectful and not overstep boundaries but yeah. i mean that's one of the great things about being a writer like this is that it gives me a chance to talk to people i would have no way to talk to otherwise and really kind of pick their brain about things and that's one of the reasons i wanted to be a music journalist in the first place is because you know i i can't do what they do myself so i'm endlessly curious to find out how they create these sounds that end up impacting other people so strongly and you know, how is it that you made this song that's the soundtrack to someone's life? You know, how is it that you actually do this? And I find that fascinating. Yeah, I um, I had a fascinating conversation by an artist, uh, a singer, performer, Gloom, G-L-U-M-E. And um, it, it, it quickly she described to me... Um, She's been, she was a child actor, been in entertainment since she was five or six. She was like runner up for Hannah Montana, like super competitive, like within that type of mold. And she she releases uh, her own, her own stuff right now, but she was talking about her record label creation and that she had created an OnlyFans and started making a lot of money doing that way. And she created her own record label, Playgirl records and wanted to kind of redistribute and redirect the contract by not owning like the masters for the artist and like having this graded level. And it was just really, really interesting to think about questions, which I saw in your book too, of subversion, right. Of participation and subversion, say with um, sexuality with women, right. Like owning it or being subjected to like the male gaze. Right. And I think that's why, I won't. I, I don't. I can't say I know for sure, but like why there's complications at times. Sometimes whether you are taking the thing that you have, subverting it, and redirecting it in some radical way, or you're participating in like lazy male patriarchy, <laughs> that type yeah. of thing. And it's a really fascinating area because it's 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 complicated. Because I was it following, is complicated. <laughs> I was following her. Tra- I was following her track. I'm gonna be like, she was like, this is the way I'm gonna fucking turn it around. And like, mm-hmm. I'm like. You know, um, yeah. So, um, did you find as as far as with within the feminism was 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 the, with the reactions or maybe on definitions of like what feminism? Because I remember comments in there saying like uh, you could see that artists would be 
uh, female artists would be feminist, but they're like, you know, like I, I love guys too, right? Like I love guys throughout my life. Like I, I feel sometimes there's too much, too much of that is like bringing males back in. Was it around the definition of of, of feminism? You allowed, allowed, allowed people to kind of play around and, and talk about their interaction with what they think it is and whether they are. Yeah, I think it was more that um, the women who do not embrace that label just feel like it's taken on a connotation that's no longer in keeping with the original intended spirit of that, the definition of that word. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they just disagree with the methods that some of the more prominent feminists have used, and so they don't want to align themselves with them. and then, of course, on the other side, there are women who would say, you know, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool feminist and I'm proud of it. You know, So it's really interesting to see the kind of life experiences that people have had um, that led them to these different conclusions. It seems like the women who, I mean, just to generalize, the women who don't like that label um, had some fairly bad experiences with male uh, strong male figures in their life at an early age and it kind of turned them off uh, dealing with men in positions of power in general and then that in turn makes them not want to take on any label you know that was kind of the consensus of the people who don't want to be called a feminist they for the most part do not want to be called anything you know that's yeah. their stance so yeah, it's, yeah. you can see how people arrived at their conclusions because like once in a while, you know, someone would say something in an interview and, you know, it would be in opposition to my own personal views, which is fine. I mean, I'm not there to editorialize. I'm there as a conduit, but I, it would prompt me to ask follow up questions. Why do you think that? And really try to understand where they were coming from. And there were some women, you know, I would probably never agree with some of the things they said, but at least I understand why they said it. I could, I can understand why that would be their position given the life they led. And I hope that's what readers will also uh, come away from this book thinking, because there's no way everyone's going to agree with everyone in this book because there's opposing opinions expressed in it. It's impossible for anyone to agree with everything in it because There's just too much diversity in in all the different things expressed. But at least uh, I hope that it makes people be willing to be open-minded and say, well, I still don't agree with you, but uh, I respect your right to think that way. Well, I love the the engagement and and the work that you do. And um, it, it is exciting for me to be able to connect with you as this is coming out here and see your your Instagram KYT and NYC doing, you know, badass women in rock. It's like, it's, 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 it's a, it's a great, it's a great vibe to it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to everybody uh, being able to read the book and see the, the, the wonderful photography uh, and design. Yeah, uh, People really came through with photos. I let oh, all the women choose their own photos. Uh, yeah. Wonderful and beautiful photography folks. Yeah. So, um, some Get people it. really startled me with what they chose. So, uh, yeah. So I think it's great, you know, because it really expresses the different personalities yeah. in there. Yeah. You can really yeah. pick up just from the photo what kind of chapter it's going to be in a way. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so fun. So fun. What's the, Catherine, what's the role of art? We talked about what art is and I'm thinking, you know, we both, uh, we both lose our mind over rock and roll <laughs> and, and women playing it. But like, what, what, you know, speaking about art or however you want to approach it, what, what's its role? I mean, what's it supposed to be doing for us? Well, it's like I said a minute ago where I really believe that it's meant to help us celebrate the best things about being humans. Um, you know, there's nothing more joyful than a song you love, right? Or a movie you love or any piece of art. Um uh, a painting that brings you joy. Uh, and then it also is a way to shine light on the darker aspects of being human and perhaps make it less painful. Um, you know, when you're going through a really rough time and you put on a sad song that somehow makes you feel better because yeah. you feel less alone because someone is expressing what you're feeling in a way that you might not be able to say yourself. I mean, we've all had that experience of somebody in song lyrics or a poem um, or a monologue in a movie or something like that, where somebody says something that you might've always felt and you just have never been able to perfectly express it the way they just did. And by doing that, I feel like uh, it opens up a dialogue in a way that is really constructive. If we can approach things that are painful through art, um, it might open up a discussion and that otherwise might be impossible to bring up. And I think Amanda Palmer says what I just said, although more eloquently <laughs> in her chapter, you know, um, she talked about that a lot about how she discusses really difficult things in her song lyrics, you know, some really taboo subjects, yep. but she does it so that uh, other people who have gone through these really sometimes horrific things won't feel so alone. And it also forces the greater culture to have to contend with and confront these topics. And so I think that's really the greatest uh, purpose of art, you know, two different, it's like a two pronged thing. It's it celebrates the best and helps uh, maybe mitigate the worst. Yeah. I, um, there's, there's something about this too. And it isn't just like, for me, I just want to mention like even in, in the performance and some of the space and some of the challenge that comes about, it's not necessarily just with um, with artists say. I think sometimes when women are st are on stage and say things, I saw Amanda Palmer in her last tour and she's talked a bit about this where she talked about her experience of sexual assault from the stage. And there were women in the audience after she said that she had forgiven him who were furious mm -hmm. with her. And I tell you, I, I mean, I can feel it in my skin right now as, as a good mm -hmm. thing, as a good thing, unmanageable thing of a back and forth. Mm -hmm. And Amanda's saying, no, I, this is my journey and I understand you. And so it's really like, it was in, in you know, in, in that place. And um, I saw a punk band open up for, um, Black Bell Eagle Scout, who I've uh, featured uh, on, on my podcast in Portland. And I, I loved it because this punk band came in and they were it, just as the challenge, they were talking about, uh, let's say, sex industry stuff, the way it is in Portland, sex work. And they were like, that's fucking disgusting. It's still male trade. And it was like, whoa. Like you're popping into Portland and and it's it's provocative. That's what a punk band's going to do. And I was like, 
everybody's like, I, I'm not sure what they're <laughs> clapping. I'm like, that's right. It's a punk band. Do you feel uncomfortable right now? And so sometimes like with these artists, it isn't just a, a curious chapter for you. It's like, that's the performance. Like yeah. It's in there. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think you're right. I think art can really be good about that to force people to realize that there are people out there who are going to have opinions that are completely opposed to your own. And um, they have reasons for that. And perhaps people should just be allowed to have those opinions and, 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 and not be attacked for it. Uh, in the chapter about Catherine Popper, um, who is a really amazing bass player who's worked with uh, everyone from Jesse Mallon to Brian Fallon to playing at Broadway shows. Um, she talked in her chapter about working with Ryan Adams, uh, who was very controversial now, you know, for what he went through. Um, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, but he got in quite a bit of trouble yeah. uh, for um, basically sexually harassing a number of women and, and doing things like that. And so when that came out, Catherine talked about how people came after her wanting her opinion and wanting her to kind of pile on with everyone else and say that he's a monster. And she said, I can't do that. That, that wasn't my experience when I worked with him. And then she talks in the chapter about how people got so angry with her mm. because she wasn't uh, aligning herself with all the other women and getting on that kind of band bandwagon. But she said, I'm allowed to have my own opinion about this. Um, don't is. tell me how to feel. Yeah. And so it's interesting because um, these are important things. I mean, we, we, we can't let people sexual predators right you want you want solidarity but you can't yes, you can't you say can't this was just, your experience yeah you can't just expect everybody to immediately get on board with what you say it's it's way more gray than people want to believe sometimes was her point you know everybody wants to have it be black and white everything is really clear cut and that's just it's just not the way life works always. You know, she said when she worked with him, it was some of the best years of her life, you know, and then it was some of the worst. And so she's very conflicted about, you know, her experience with him as far as her own experience with him, but he never uh, did the things that he's accused of to her or in front of her. So she, you know, has a very different approach to that whole situation. And she just faced so much backlash for that, you know. So it's, it's really interesting to hear what happens to people when they, like Amanda, you know, like these artists who choose to take a stand um, for their own reasons and really stick with it no matter how much blowback they get. And, and then the question becomes uh, for other people, at what point do we agree that we're going to just let them have that opinion? Or, you know, is there a certain point where we do have to say like, no, it's unacceptable for anyone to take that kind of stance. And that kind of debate might be good for us to have in these days when we have such a cancel culture where if someone's doing something people disagree with, there's just not even really any discussion anymore. It's just 
people saying, well, you're out, you're done. It's a public, it's a quick public court and there are no, there are no, I mean, for better, for worse, it's not a, 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 a let, it's not, it's not a judicial process. It is a public process. I mean, I understand, you know, if someone's really been terrible, why you'd want to just kind of make them disappear. But on the other hand, it robs us of the opportunity to really discuss what happened and have a thoughtful conversation about it and accept that, you know, there's nobody who's a total monster. There's nobody who's a total angel. And let's figure out why this happened. And I think there's just a lot of room for growth and having these really uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well, the book, you know, obviously the book can help on, on, on a lot of that. And, you know, part of the thing is the performance and, uh, the artists themselves bring in these questions, you know, mm-hmm. um, to the fore. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have to ask you this. You mentioned Athens and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm a REM freak. How, how, oh, much, yeah. how much do you love REM? Do you? Oh, you I REM? adore them. Oh, I my would God. say they're my favorite band. Yes. I, um, I've had occasion to interview three of the four and, um, they've been lovely. Uh, Michael Stipe is the only one I haven't interviewed, but I had, uh, dinner with him once with a bunch of, like, there's about five of us that went out to dinner one night and, um, and that was a real trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I was 19 at the time and, um, it kind of blew my mind that somebody who I adored that much for years was suddenly sitting there at the table with me having a conversation. And um, I just, it was really great. Those guys are all really lovely. They're all, um, they're they're very approachable. You never hear stories about them being snobby with fans or anything. So uh, I think they're uh, good role models for other artists in terms of showing that you can get really huge as an artist and still, uh, be a decent human being. Oh, it was absolutely clear. I mean, I didn't, uh, as a Peter Buck, uh, I was in Portland and, um, this, that's right. He lives there, right? And, yeah. Um, there's this there. beautiful, um, it's closed now. They're relocating it, but it's called the Doug fur lounge, um, in, in Portland. It was my favorite music venue. It's like, uh, you're, uh, at the roadhouse, you're sliced into twin peaks kind of like, <laughs> type of thing. And he played, I tell you, I'll never forget it. But Peter Buck was there and has this weird, uh, super group. I think they call themselves slow jazz. And it was like Robert Fripp, uh, Peter Buck, somebody from Pearl Jam, somebody, I mean, it was like this super, wow. group. it was this <laughs> experimental super like jazz super group that showed up and I, I happened to be there at that, at that time. But even after the show, I, I noticed with Peter, just very approachable, wanted to talk about music and all that type of thing. But I, um, I just saw, you know, a couple posts you had with REM and like, I've been in this weird space where like, I get so tired people talking shit about REM lazily that like, I don't know, there's certain like, I don't know, I'm a metal guy. So I run into weird opinions about (laughs) that, you know, like REM and stuff like that. I I just think they're so absolutely amazing. And uh, there's a lot of loose, uh, loose talk around REM. So, um, well, I I think it's a good thing where when something gets really popular, it then becomes popular to kind of slag it. And also, I think I like metal too. I like all different kinds of music. And I think it's, it's okay to um, have all these different things. 
you know, in my playlist, but, you know, I know there are people who are more purist than that. So, well, and they did the song, what's a frequency count. So they wrote a song for me too. So like, I'm just like, <laughs> like I yeah. mean, what's that happen? I'm like, Oh, you, you did it. for <laughs> You did it. For, you really did it for me. At least the way it works in, 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 uh, uh, in in my head. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, jumping back over to the to the book. What what city what cities uh, are you gonna bop around with uh, with regards to the book and the book tour? Um, well, I'm sticking mostly in the east uh, eastern states, just because I have a publisher that's um, great but small, and so they can't send me on some grand fifty city tour. So if you want to see me, you're gonna have to come to Atlanta on January twentieth. At Karis Books, uh, I'm going to be doing a discussion with the director of the Y'all Rock Camp, um, which is kind of like a school of rock type of camp. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. So we're going to get the next generation of rockers. <laughs> and um, so I'm really looking forward to that. It's, that's pretty exciting. Um, and then on uh, February 20th, I have a, a signing at the Indie Fringe Theater in Indianapolis. Um, I have... Signings coming up in March in Princeton, New Jersey, Oldwick, New Jersey, Narberth, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Um, then in May, I have something in Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, there's more to come. I'm still kind of putting stuff together. Um, but those are the ones that I have on deck right now. And I always post on my Instagram and Facebook about these things, too. So. You yeah, keep keep, keep posting away. There's people like me where it's like that is there's such great content, such great photo uh, and story. Yeah, I try to post things like every other day at least. Um, I always, in addition to the book stuff, I have I still write for a bunch of magazines, so I'm always posting interviews with people, and um, I have I actually have an interview with Mike Mills. I'm going to post pretty soon. Mike Mills of REM. Um, so yeah, so I do try to stay busy with the article writing. It's not just the, the book stuff on my social media. Yeah. So everybody, you getting a hint, just be in, in proximity online to Catherine Yeski Taylor and then get some <laughs> of this stuff. If you're digging on this, a uh, big philosophical question. I don't know what the hell you want to do with it. You can, you can <laughs> okay. bad, you can badass it if you want the uh, whatever, <laughs> but why is there something rather than nothing? How boring would it be the other way around? <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> I like the somethings. I like the somethings. Uh, Catherine, uh, who, 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 uh, who you still want to talk to? Hmm. Well, I would like to talk to Michael Stipe just because he's the last member of REM. Michael, Michael. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would like to talk to him just because then I'll, I'll have the complete set, you know, <laughs> all four. Um, that would be great. Uh, I, I would really like to uh, talk to Chrissy Hine. Yeah. Um, and I tried to get her for this book, but, you know, her opinion is that uh, it shouldn't make a difference whether someone's male or female to the point where she thinks it's just a non-issue and doesn't even want to discuss it. Ah, yeah. Well, so that's a vantage point. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I would like to get her. I've been lucky though. Um, many of the people I really adore, I've been able to talk to. So I feel really, really lucky, you know, that, uh, several people whose work has meant a lot to me over the years. I've been able to interview and, um, and interact with on a professional level like that. And, 
So I feel really, I feel really lucky. Yeah, it's a special thing. Um, when I've done the 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 interviews um, with with musical guests that I've done, there's usually there's a narrative in my head about why. Like I fill out the story. <laughs> I just had that with Pieta Brown. Oh yeah, uh, I listened to that one. Oh, she seems she seems really great. Thank you. Yeah, but just haven't seen her. Like there's a randomness in my back history. You know, seeing her dad play out in the field of Iowa when my kids were young, and it's summertime in the Midwest. Just like all this type of stuff, and uh, seeing her at different places, and then like arriving and like kind of connecting back um, to well, just listen to beautiful music. Uh, you know, for one, but like around the things that I was chatting with you about, like that atmosphere, where the sounds come from or where you're experiencing them. So, um, I really, uh, I really appreciate all the, all the stuff you create and, uh, these wonderful, uh, interviews. There's a, a big piece, you know, my show about two out of three episodes are non uh, male guests. And I think, you know, um, I have a lot of, a lot of, of, of female artists. I learned so much. I'm so interested in that way. And I don't have an explanation. I don't need performance. I don't have any other thing. I'm just that interested in like the power of it and um, mm-hmm. the Amanda Palmer challenge to think. So I study philosophy. So if you study philosophy, it's just it's just un- <laughs> it's like uncomfortable questions like mm-hmm. like when you ask like why is there something rather than, rather than nothing or what's the purpose of life sometimes people are like fuck you like i don't know like i'm sh- <laughs> like you know like you know philosophers can be annoyed just like you know rock people or people asking questions you could but it's provocative and mm-hmm. um where do people find all the stuff from you Catherine, that you want them to find like website we mentioned mm-hmm. pre-ordering the book uh instagram i want to make sure i don't miss something for yeah for folks and, um, to support you and what you're doing well thank you um instagram kyt in nyc uh is where you can find me and uh then facebook is Catherine yeski taylor music journalist i have a page on there and i have a link tree uh like it has all my most recent articles on it. And if you Googled Catherine Yeski Taylor, you'll find that um, along with a whole bunch of my articles pop up just in general across the web. If you Google it's um, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E and then Y-E-S-K-E and then Taylor spelled the usual way. Um, so I'm not hard to find. And uh, yeah, you can order, you can pre-order the book wherever you buy books Um you can have your independent local independent bookstore order it for you if they don't already uh, have it coming and Amazon and the usual places. So yeah. Uh, yeah. One thing I want to touch on that. Um, you, uh, I wanted to thank you for being a good ally to women in rock, but I wanted to point out that, you know, one through line in this book, there's so much that uh, people disagreed on, but one thing that everybody did without me prompting them was that they each mentioned at least one story of a man who did something significant to help them. Um, And so I wanted to point that out, that this is not some kind of male bashing book. It's not a man-hating thing. It it very clearly is women saying, well, I don't like it when men have treated me this way, but men in general I don't have a problem with. And by the way, here's a bunch of examples of men who are really helpful. So 
thank you for being one of those men who helps. Um, thank thank you for saying that. I um, I I I, I really appreciate it. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you something because it goes back to my mom, and I'm a mama's boy. <laughs> Good. You know, you know, no, I mean seriously. So I want to tell you something. A lot of people don't know this. My my mom's the quiet woman. She's five one, quiet, sweetest woman in the entire world. But I want to tell you something. When it came to the important things in life, she would have conversations and ask things of me when I was a young boy that did not happen in nineteen eighties. America with others, my mom would um, point out horseshit quietly to me. Um, it, you know, uh, there was a 60 Minutes like interview and it was covered natural childbirth. And rather than rushing the, the boy over, she would describe and say, I'm going to have my sisters on the way. And I have a natural childbirth and being like, like my mom was just like, she was rad. She talked about music and women who stuck up. She she would she would not listen to and, and critique my dad if there was a, a male batterer, active male batterer, like in music or stuff like that. She would hear the word um, the f word uh, applied to queer or okay. gay folks in a song and be upset. It's like that. So she did, but she, nobody would know this. It was like conversations she had with me. And it's like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. And it comes in so many different ways. My mom just like disrupted stuff in the quietest, quietest way with me uh, and my brother. And, you know, there'd be a, a, a photo uh, or a, a video of men kissing on 80s or some sort of shock thing on like some type of thing. She's like, how's that? Is that make me feel? That's okay. You know, that's an okay thing. I'd be like, that's weird. I'd never seen that before, right? So it wasn't a conversation where I was like, yeah, that's totally fine. I'm a 10-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah. You know, so when but I'm see, saying- she was shaping you, and that's great because you don't need to be like um, someone who's like marching down the street yelling things. You can have a lot of impact quietly in the way she did too. I mean, there's more than one way to be an activist. There is. There is an organizing. I uh, thank you, thank you, uh, thank you for your words because uh, for me, uh, uh, women artists and badass women artists um, helped me to create the show and helped me build um, this show amongst well, other. Well, your people. mom sounds so, like a badass. Though. She is, and, and I can tell everybody on this because it's going to be after Christmas, <laughs> and we're going to be sharing a secret that I am going to be traveling out and will have surprised by the time this year, my mom at early, like 6 a.m. Uh, on Christmas morning and my dad as well. This is around the holidays. So uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> fun, so great. Uh, fun. And, uh, and hopefully I'll send you a message, Catherine. I'm going to be bumping around uh, New York city and we can maybe chat some more uh, badass women in rock and yeah. badass journalists. Yeah. <laughs> <in> rock. And <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, yeah. So that sounds really, that's so nice that you're doing that for that. But 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's gonna be a great uh, gonna be a great time. So, uh, uh, thank you, Catherine. Hey, everybody, um, pre-ordered the book or, or spread the word about the book. Nowadays, if you pre-order something or you plop your money down or your card down or whatever you can early on, it really helps authors and and, and creators uh, show that they have commitment from their audience in this day and age. And uh, so, anything you know, you can do to kind of. Uh, support uh, Catherine's uh, work, uh, do it. it. It really makes a, a, a big difference. And, uh, and Hey, I'm thinking let's get, there's a lot of music fans and music is badass on the West coast too. So maybe we can try some like a uh, crowd, uh, some, <laughs> some crowd support. To, hey, you to, never know. That's to, why I'm going to Indianapolis because they felt so strongly about the book that they found sponsors who are bringing me there. Well, so. Yeah. And Indianapolis, <laughs> which I really appreciate. I mean, that's amazing that they're doing that. So. That's that's incredible, and 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 for me, being a huge Kurt Vonnegut fan, yes, uh, um, Indianapolis sounds uh, not only wonderful but more than wonderful. Yeah, to, yeah. I'm a huge Vonnegut fan, also. So <laughs> I'm excited that this opera came through. But it, it it made me feel good because it shows me that this book might be of interest to people in all different kinds of places, not just New York and LA, you know, uh, when you create something like this and you hope it's well-rounded, you really want it to appeal to a broad spectrum of people. So I'm glad to see that I'm getting a good response around the country, not just in isolated pockets. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The, uh, big 2024, Catherine Yeski Taylor, uh, and uh, uh, best of luck, and uh, I'm sure we'll be able to um, uh, to wrap around and kick it a little bit about some rock and roll, and um, you know, uh, just really excited to talk talk about talk about art and to talk about um, music and uh, the great city of New York City, and I know I got to see that. Manet Dega exhibit out there too that's going on so uh, uh, best of luck and hope to chat or see what you soon or maybe we could just do a follow up episode on uh, Vonnegut uh, Breakfast, <laughs> yeah. Breakfast of Champions Galapagos <laughs> Slaughterhouse 5, Montana Wild Hack and all of that so great thanks Thank Catherine you so much appreciate it This is something rather than nothing. And listeners, to stay connected with us and our guests, visit somethingratherthannothing.com. Join our mailing list for exclusive updates and access to guest-created art. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode, please like, subscribe, leave a review on your podcast platform. People really read that shit. Your support helps us reach more listeners and spread our community across the planet. This is a global show, and we like to give a shout out to our many listeners across the world, including many listeners in Canada, Spain, Germany, UK, Argentina, Brazil, India, Thailand, and so many more places. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at something rather than nothing podcast for behind the scenes content. And the best way to help the show is to tell your friends about us. If you love it, they'll love it too. Tell your friends who love it. We love you. This is Something Rather Than Nothing podcast.